Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And um, as you all can see, I'm at the radio station and I'm talking to you all uh, from a laptop. So uh, I'm not set up to the soundboard here at the station. Um, I'm on my lunch break, so thought I would answer some of your questions and also talk a little bit about some Saints news, uh, the topic of conversation, of course, uh, will the Saints uh, try to make a trade before the deadline? Now, we've heard uh, some stories come out about maybe the Saints, uh, you know, having wide receiver Marquez Callaway uh, on a trade block, and one guy that they were looking at was uh, New York Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton. Um, Darius Slayton is a really solid wide receiver. He averages about 50 some odd catches per year. And he's, uh, you know, he's pretty productive, you know, for the New York football giants. And, you know, you look at a guy like Marquez Callaway, um, he makes some really good plays. Uh, you know, he's, he's done some really good things in the Saints uniform, but of course, uh, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent by the end of the year. And the Saints are going to have to make a decision if they are going to allow him to go out into the free agent market or will they pay him or what they're going to do. And a lot of people feel like maybe the Saints will try to move him so they can get something as far as compensation. Um, I like Marquez Callaway a lot. I like him so much that I feel like he should be a part of the wide receiver rotation. And so much so that I'll be willing to allow a wide receiver like Jarvis Landry uh, to walk because of Marquez Callaway and not because – Jarvis Landry isn't as talented. He's definitely talented. Uh, I just look at the age. Um, I look at uh, what you can get as far as production for the foreseeable future. And also I look at Jarvis Landry being on a one-year contract, uh, more so like a, a proven contract where he can actually come into the game, do some things, and maybe go out into free agency and be able to get a little bit more money from another team. But when you have a young guy like Marquez Callaway who has developed inside of a Saints system, 
um, I think that there's endless possibilities. Uh, you combine him with a young Chris Olave, and of course, you know, with Michael Thomas, I think that that can be a formidable uh, wide receiver group. Uh, he has done some really good things. Uh, he has made some really good catches, and he's a really solid guy. And I also think that you can see a little bit of a step from last year to this year. I think the fact that the New Orleans Saints were depleted at the wide receiver position, and that calls for Callaway to be in that number one spot. He saw a lot of number one corner looks uh, throughout his entire career last year, and I think that pays dividends this year. So the lights aren't too bright for him. Uh, it's not a, as tough as a transition. Uh, so if you have him as your number three, uh, you have somebody that can give you solid production. Um, if the Saints are looking to do some trading before the deadline, uh, the wide receiver position would be the last position that I'd be looking at. Um, I would look no further uh, than an interior lineman position. Um, you can tell that there's some there, there's some help that needs to be had at that position. You know, normally the New Orleans Saints has have been really good uh, with their interior lineman being able to stop the run, but if you notice throughout uh, this year, you notice that it, it hasn't been as productive as years past. So if the Saints can get somebody maybe, you know, to come in and help the interior lineman or somebody that they can actually, you know, generate a pass rush, you know, that would be great as well. You know, I, I would be looking at those positions and maybe even uh, some help in the secondary. But as far as the wide receiver position, that's, that's probably the last position I'd be looking at. But it just shows you that the Saints are trying to be competitive uh, despite the two and four uh, record. They're still trying to uh, get over that hump. They still believe that they can win the division and they still feel like they can make the playoffs. I guess, you know, that's good that the team has optimism. But looking at the wide receiver position, I just feel like that's the wrong direction to look in. Uh, the defense, uh, when it comes to the line as well as the secondary, is the biggest issue, in my opinion. So, that's what that's the way I feel about it. I would not be trying to move what class Callaway. I would actually be trying to find ways to think about even paying the guy because I just feel like he would be a great asset to your team along with Thomas and Alave. I feel like they 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 can be a very formidable group. Uh, I know more, more than likely you're going to move on from Deontay Hardy, probably give him another opportunity to go somewhere else where he can be productive and you probably are in the air when it comes to Traquan Smith. So I think that uh, Callaway should be a guy that they should be thinking about paying in the future instead of maybe shopping them and putting them on the trade block. But let me read some of your comments and your questions, and then we'll we'll go from there. Uh, let me stroll up to the top here. It says, don't think it matters. Uh, coaching is the issue. Yeah, I think we can talk about the coaching. I mean, it, they leave a lot to be desired. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement with that. But I just think that you're going in the wrong direction if you're thinking about trading for a wide receiver. I don't think that the wide receivers are the issue here. You know, I think more than likely it's about your inability to stop the run from time to time and also being able to get, uh, you know, be able to get that pass rush. Um, I think that that is something that the Saints may need to take a look at. I don't know. You know, I know there's someone out there that was saying that he can possibly be moved from his team. And that was Bradley Chubb. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a guy that if he is on a trading block, I, I would probably be making a phone call trying to see what I can do to bring him uh, to New Orleans. The Saints need help when it comes to the pass rush. Last week, I mean, Joe Burrow was way too comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, the, the sacks and the pressures are too few and far in between. And a lot of the times when the Saints do get the sacks is because, you know, they come up with these exotic blitzes. 
And when they're trying to rush four, it's very complicated for them to even get to the quarterback. So you want to get somebody in there that can generate a pass rush when you're rushing four. And a guy like Bradley Chubb would be uh, a guy that's on the top of my list. Okay. So I'm pretty sure there's some other guys out there. The saints maybe maybe be able to look at, but um, from what I heard, as far as Bradley Chubb, he, he can be a good, he can be a good addition to the team if if uh, Denver is willing to let him go. Uh, good afternoon, TJ and family. Morning, who that family? I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Uh, let's keep the faith, who that nation? We will turn this ship around. Look, I have faith. I have faith in uh, – <laughs> I have faith in these players. I don't think I have faith in these coaches. I'm going to just be real. Um, these coaches haven't really showed me anything to have faith in. Um, these guys that I see out there on the field, I've seen them play at a high level in years past. So I have more confidence in their ability than the coach's ability. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very low when it comes to morale, when it comes to this coaching staff. And I just think that if the saints are going to win some games, it's going to be in spite uh, of the coaches. I think that they're way too conservative. I think they're way too careful. And I think they coach way too scared. So if they change that around, maybe it get a little bit more aggressive and, Maybe the team gets a little bit more physical. Maybe I changed my mind. But as of right now, I mean, you you have to give somebody something to believe in, right? If I was just sitting up here talking to you and I was just dry and didn't put anything behind it and, you know, I have no charisma or anything like that, it'd be hard for you to get behind anything that I'm telling you about. And I feel it's the same way with this coaching staff. I, I just don't have the confidence in this coaching staff right now because they're not giving me any reason to. You know, Mickey Loomis said before, you know, he was talking about some of the home games and, you know, talking about the fans. He said, you know, you got to give the fans something to cheer about. This coaching staff got to give the fans something to believe in. And it goes way beyond just having faith. You know what I mean? We have faith, but, you know, you know, you got to have somebody putting into the works too. You know, they say, you know, you got to be able to put the work in and have faith. But if you if you're not putting in any work and you just got faith, well, it's pretty much dead. Uh, smack that like button, people. Yeah, look, if you like the State of the Saints podcast, I ask that you hit the like button. I really would appreciate that, folks, if you would hit that uh, like button. Uh, glasses look nice on you, TJ. Yeah, I wear glasses. You know, a lot of times when I'm doing shows, I probably take them off because if it's an evening time, then you can see the, see the ring light uh, that's uh, reflecting off my eyes or whatever. But, yeah, I wear glasses. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've always uh, worn glasses sometimes. uh you know, I was supposed to wear glasses and didn't. And, uh, you know, I can tell the difference. But thank you. Uh, I think it's Callaway. Let's see. They're, they're talking about trading Callaway, and I don't agree with that. Callaway, it has all the help out of the team with all those injuries. I wouldn't trade him. No, I wouldn't trade Callaway either. I, I don't understand why. Like, he's a young guy. Um, I want to say he's about 25 or 26 years old. He's young. You know, I think that he's somebody you can actually build around. He can be, you know, that that complimentary guy. You know, I mean, you look at uh, Gabe out there in, um, in, in Buffalo, right? You have Stephon Diggs, who's the number one guy. But, you know what I'm saying, he's out there making making plays. I remember, I remember that, that four-touchdown game that he had. You know, I, I don't know if it's on that type of level, but he can be a very formidable uh, wide receiver in anybody's group. And I just think that, to me, I feel like if you're trying to, uh, you know, build a team, I, I say, you know, go with the younger guy. 
Like, I, I like Jarvis Landry a lot, but if I had to choose between Jarvis Landry and Marquez Callaway, I'm going with Callaway. I'm going with Callaway because he's young and he can give me more at this stage of his career than, than Jarvis Landry could. I mean, Jarvis Landry is, what, 30? So you probably get about maybe three, maybe four years of production if you decide to re-sign him. But with Callaway, I mean, this guy can be in your organization six, seven years. I mean, he can be – you know, you're, you're Lance Moore, you know, like, you know, the Saints had Marcus Colston, you know, they had Meacham, but you, then you had a guy like uh, Lance Moore, the guy that was moving a chance, the guy, if you needed a big play, you can throw to Lance Moore. So he can be that guy for you. I mean, because how many times have we seen Callaway actually make plays when, you know, it's third and 11, or, you know, it's that third and two, the Saints need a first down and he's that guy, right? And, and he's physical, he has a good vertical leap and he can make those contested catches now, you know, so, um, I say he would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. I don't, I don't see a reason to trade him. That I don't feel like that would be a good idea. Saints suck trading good players away. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like they trade players away because they want to get draft capital. The way things are going right now, I mean, you're at two and four. You lose a few more games, you're going to be out of playoff contention. The more games you lose, the better the draft pick is for the Eagles. So I guess you have to strategize and try to find ways in order to get yourself out of this hole. You know, I don't think anybody would care if the Saints end up going on a run and the Eagles get that first round pick because it's not a top 10 pick. I mean, it, it looks really, really bad right now. And if you continue to lose games, it's going to look even worse. And imagine you giving up a top five pick um, to a team, you know, because you had an unsuccessful season. So, Right now, you know, I just think that the Saints are are trying to uh, uh, trying to fix this this issue that they have uh, by giving away such a, a high draft pick at this particular time. Maybe not turning it into a, such a high draft pick by maybe going out here and trading for somebody that can come in and and produce. Uh, your only receiver that hasn't been injured this year, and he's on the block. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. Uh, that's what I read. Hit the like button. Buy juice. We haven't uh, sipped none this year. <laughs> Good one. Tay says, uh, I got to ask if injuries can't be used as an excuse. Why did we miss playoffs with Sean last year? Not saying DA is great, but injury is definitely playing a part again. Yeah, you know, you said I got to ask if injury can't be used as an excuse. Because here's the thing, and it, it may be un unfair, Tay, but this is just the reality. We've seen Sean Payton win and generate results with good teams. So it's not like you're talking about a first-year coach in Sean Payton that didn't make the playoffs. Um, this was a guy who produced Super Bowls, was uh, produced uh, division championships. So if they are down, you can kind of understand it. You can kind of understand because of all the skins that he has on the wall versus a guy like Dennis Allen who's coming in and – you know, he's following a guy that has a lot of scans on the wall. So as fans, as supporters of the team, we're not going to look at them the same way. And you can say, man, that's unfair. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, but that's just the way our minds work, right? Sean Payton has produced success for this team, and Dennis Allen has not as a head coach. So nobody's going to give him the excuse. It's almost like, you know, for example, like Tom Brady, right? Today is Wednesday if you're watching this show live. Tom Brady isn't practicing today. 
But I don't think anybody on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team cares, right? Because this is Tom freaking Brady we're talking about. This is a seven-time Super Bowl champion. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, and they know that, you know, he, he's he's a GOAT. So nobody's going to care, right? Versus, I don't know if uh, Kyle Trask was to mispractice every Wednesday. Like, who is he, right? <laughs> who is he to mispractice every – like, what has he done? So it's kind of the same way. It's unfair, as that may sound. Uh, Sean Payton has a level of seniority that Dennis Allen does not have. So that's the reason why some people would probably let that slip between the cracks and not allow Dennis Allen to get away with it because Dennis Allen is coming in as an unproven coach. Uh, T. Schmidt, it says, I keep Callaway as a uh, and say goodbye to Landry after the season. Plus, you wouldn't have to break the bank for him. And he makes tough catches. Yeah, T. Smitty, that's a good point. Like, I, I'm always going to roll with the younger guy that's productive. If I have an older guy and he's productive and I have a younger guy that's just as productive as the older guy, I'm going to roll with the young guy because it is a young man's league, you know. And, and you also have to look at the uptick. How much production are you going to get out of a guy that's 30 versus a guy that's 25 that's showing you something? So I'm always going to go with the younger guys, you know. I mean, you need seasoned veterans on your team in order to mentor some of the younger guys. But when it comes down to it, of who I'm who I'm trying to pay, then I'm going to go with uh, the younger guy. And I just think that Callaway is a guy that fits into your system. He's a guy that can go out there that can make plays. He's a guy that can go out there that can move the chains. And you don't have to make him your number one. I mean, it's okay with that. Everybody's not going to be a number one receiver, but there's still spaces and spots for them to be able to produce. And uh, I just think that Callaway can be that guy. You know, he can he can win that one on one matchup. He can go out there and get that first down. He can he can win it. You know, he can win the 50 50 balls from time to time. And, uh, you know, when you need a touchdown, as y'all can see, man, he, he has delivered. So I don't understand why you would even consider putting him on the trade block. But, hey, uh, I don't uh, we shouldn't uh, try him. Uh, he has a bright future. My opinion is him and Alave is the future. I agree. I agree with that. You know, I, I think that Chris Olave, the the, the the trajectory of uh, his career and where it's going, the way it's looking, I think he might end up being that number one receiver. You know, I think he'll be that number one receiver uh, for the future. And then you have a guy like Callaway that can be a part of that mix. Uh, so that that's the way I, I look at it. Uh, you think we need to give Sue a call? Uh, based on uh, the, the lack of production that we've been getting out of the interior line, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, he's still out there. And Dominican Sue, I think he's like 35 years old, but he has never missed a game for any injuries or anything like that. And he's been, you know, productive as, as a run stopper. So if, you know, you can call him up and he's still interested at this stage, uh, you know, of the season, maybe trying to come back and helping the team, then I say give him a call. I mean, what what can it hurt? I mean, he I'm pretty sure he can do better than some of these interior linemen have been doing this season. Man, that's the same thing I said. The only player that hasn't gotten hurt, but yet uh, they want to trade him. I I, I don't know. Maybe uh, clearing room for Sue or Brown. Um, what Brown are we talking about here? I mean, Dominic and Sue. I mean, you can you can call him up, you know, and you know, call him up and see where he at, or see you know if he has an interest in in being on the team. We know a couple of years ago, you know, he visited the New Orleans Saints before, but in but he decided to go to the Rams. So we'll see. Uh, that hoodie is fire, TJ. Is it available for purchase? Uh, no, not right now, man. I'm actually not selling um, merchandise right now. I'm pretty sure probably in the next couple of weeks 
I probably end up like selling uh merchandise, but this is this something that I had like from last year when I was a uh, when I was a uh, you know selling hoodies and stuff like that. But I do have merchandise that's available. It's on teesprings.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Now it's not this same hoodie, but they do have hoodies available. So it's a uh, teesprings.com, and you search the State of the Saints podcast. Let's see. Uh, we need pass rush badly. Yeah, I mean you're not getting to the quarterback. I mean, I don't care how much, I don't care how good coverage uh, your secondary has, you got to be able to get to the quarterback. And I think it's complimentary. So I think a lot of the plays that we see down the field has a lot to do with the fact that the front four isn't getting home. I mean, these guys got to work, you know, work with each other. Like with Joe Burrow throwing the ball down the field, breaking sacks. I mean, that, that was you know, that was on the front four. I mean, how long do you expect for these cornerbacks and safety to be able to cover these guys? So it, it all works together collectively, right? The, the front has to be able to get pressure and, you know, the secondary got to be able to hold it down until those guys actually get there. So they got to work together. And right now I, I've been very disappointed at the pass rush. Uh, TJ, you never disappoint us. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. And I thank y'all for that, man. Uh, y'all staying warm in your area? Man, it, it was cold this morning. It was like about, I guess, like little 30s today. Uh, but it, it, nevertheless, I mean, it's a beautiful day outside, man. It's a beautiful day. Um, and, uh, man, we haven't had rain to forecast in a while. So I know my wife, she said she's not going anywhere. She's off today. <laughs> so she said, I ain't leaving the house. She does not do cold weather at all, like. If the weather starts getting low, she in the house, right? She does not, she does not like cold weather. I mean, so I guess like a trip to the ski slopes are out of the out of the question, you know. So <laughs> I was thinking about like her, her birthday is in January, and I was thinking about you know where I want to take her. Um, my wife is going to turn thirty five, and I want to do something special. I'm thinking about places I can take. her. I'm like, well, can't take her to to Colorado or nothing like that. She, she'll freeze to death. She'll never want to leave the room. <laughs> uh, Bill Wall says a uh, receiver is the last position you fix. Uh, the Saints need speed in the front seven. Plus, you guys have been snake bitten with injuries. Man, you ain't lying. I, I, I'm not even thinking about the wide receiver position. Like, I'm not even thinking about it at all. Like, I, <laughs> that's the least of our problem. Like, even even last week, like, the guys that came in, like, Traquan, Callaway, Keith, uh, Keith Kirkwood, they were productive. Like, it, it wasn't to a point where you just looked at those guys and, like, man, they leave a lot to be desired. They went out there, uh, Andy Dalton threw them the ball, Taysom threw them the ball a couple times, they caught it. So what more can you ask for? And a quarterback throwing a guy the ball and they catch him more times than not. So, uh, Brandon, good idea, but I'm pretty sure Sue wants more uh, than a bet minimum. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Um, last time I checked, I know he said he wanted about eight or nine million a year. Good luck with that at 35. But wide receivers is the last thing we need. That's like getting a flat tire and popping your hood, uh, messing with the alternator to fix the problem. Makes no sense. Yeah, T. Derry, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, whatsoever like I just think that you're looking at the at the wrong thing you know I, I think you need to change if you think wide receiver is the is the question you know what I'm saying well it's the answer you need to change the question you know like I, I just think that you have so many other needs like how about in the secondary man these boys struggling to tackle how about the interior linemen they're they struggling to be able to get a, you know a good yard per average when it comes to stopping a run how about looking at that? How about looking at the pass rush, how these guys aren't getting home? 
Like, how about looking at something like that? But we'll see, man. Do you think the Pete injury really hurts our run game tomorrow, or does Throckmorton play up to the moment? Uh, I don't even – I got to look at the list because uh, I want to say uh, Kelvin Throckmorton was still on the, on the injury list. I'm, I'm not sure if he'll play or not. I think they probably going to go with Lewis Kidd. I've seen him in a game a couple of times. So, I mean, he did a pretty good job. So, I, I think you're probably going to roll with Kidd. Uh, if Throckmorton is uh, healthy enough to play, then I think you should be fine. Look, man, th these offensive linemen that the Saints have are better run blockers than they are when it comes to pass protection. You look across this board, that's the reason why a lot of these guys are playing so well. So if you can get a guy like Kidd who has a lot of promise, and he played really well like in the preseason, he, he showed flashes. So it's no coincidence that he's a part of that rotation. I, I think that he should be able to be, you know, formidable. Uh, Andrews Pete, like him or not, but the dude is a mauler when it comes to, like, run blocking, right? I mean, he's probably, like, if we talking about run blocking, he probably – he probably the one of the best on the line. That they may sound crazy, but it's the truth. Like Andrews Pete, like if Andrews Pete went to like the 49ers, you know, like he would probably be like one of the best offensive linemen in the league because you know they they do so many run sets. So he will be missed when it comes to like run run blocking. But I just think that they have some guys that can come in uh that can make plays. But uh speaking of offensive line, it's good to hear. And this was according to uh, you know, Nick Underhill that. You know, you got Trevor Penn and he's going to be uh, be able to work out on his on his leg next week. So we might be seeing Trevor Penn come back. And if Trevor Penn comes back and the Saints are trying to run the ball and establish the run, he he will be a huge asset to the New Orleans Saints. So good to hear some good news about Trevor Penn the other first round pick for the Saints. Uh, we know that, you know, he has a mean disposition. He's mean. He's nasty. He's physical. So that probably would be the shot norm the Saints need, you know, especially on the offensive line where. We need that level of aggression. We absolutely have to win Thursday. Thursday night versus Arizona is the definition of a must-win game. Yeah, you got to win this game. It's too important. Uh, three and four better than two and five. And then on top of that, this is another NFC opponent. If you lose to another NFC opponent, it, it, it lowers your chances of even being in that conversation, like looking up at the jumbo trying in week 18, trying to figure out if I'm going to make the playoffs or not. You have to start winning these football games. And the New Orleans Saints, they got to start winning. But we'll see, man. I, I have confidence in this team. I think they have talent. I think they did enough to win last week. They just didn't come away with the victory. So hopefully they can get it done because time is running out. Like, we can talk about, oh, we only one game behind. and We can find silver liners in these dark clouds. But in reality, if you don't start winning these games, then we might as well just kiss playoffs goodbye and just start talking about next year because uh, they, they have to be able to win this game. If you lose to another NFC opponent, just digging yourself an even deeper hole. Uh, Sue's so dirty unless you want dirty players now. It's so, uh, it's so go for it. Well, look, he may be a little bit on the dirty side, but I think you need that level of aggression because I feel like that's something that the Saints have been lacking. There, there's really no attitude with this team on offense as well as the defense. I don't see confidence in nowhere. It, it just seemed like there's a bunch of guys that are just out there just playing together. You know, like there's no camaraderie. There's no energy. Like it, it's just like something is just missing. It, it's just like people are just out there just doing things but without no rhyme or reason. Uh, there's really no confidence in e each play being executed. It's just like, well, that didn't work. Uh, let's go with this. You know, it, it's, it, it's very weird looking at 
like Saints football, right? I, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what team is going to show up. You don't know how they're going to attack uh, offense or defense. You, you, you just don't know. And, and usually in years past, regardless if the Saints were struggling or they were winning games, like you had an idea about how they were going to attack a team. Now it's like you really don't know. Um, this team has absolutely no identity whatsoever. I think they're fighting against what their identity should be, and I think we all can see it, is that they're a run-dominant team. Like, they need to be a physical running team. Like, come up with different, like, formations in order to be able to run the football. And we see this kind of stuff work, once again, with the 49ers. Uh, we see, you know, other ways that teams, uh, you know, have extensions of the running game. I think they need to focus on that. And I think that's when, you know, you're going to probably see them being able to have success. The Sioux being a dirty player narrative is pretty dead now. Uh, Fate without works is dead. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, nice glasses, TJ. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, what if Alante Taylor is a dog, TJ? Well, I think he does. I think he is, man. I think he's a I think he's a really good uh, player. You know, I think he has a lot of confidence in himself. Uh, you can tell the way that he talks. I like the fact that he was a leader at the University of Tennessee. I always have a respect for individuals that get appointed camp captains by their teammates. I'm always like concerned by guys who are like three year, four year guys and never been appointed a captain on a team. Like I feel like that kind of stuff uh, speaks volumes. Uh, this guy, you listen to him talk, you can tell like the moment isn't too big for him. Like he was just he was just catapulted into the game. Uh, when Lattimore uh, got into that fight with Mike Evans and he was uh, kicked out of the game and Lante Taylor came right into the game. And if you watch the very next play, uh, you saw Tom Brady try to attack him with Rashad Perryman and he actually made the stop. So that shows you right there. Like he could have been like, man, Tom Brady, uh, you know, he throwing the football. Like he could have been nervous, but he he made two plays. He made one big tackle and he had a pass uh, breakup. So those are the type of things that you like to see from a young player. Uh, the moments not being too big for him and being able to count on him. So I, I think that uh, him being in this game uh, on Thursday, I think that it's going to be uh, pretty good for the New Orleans Saints. Like if they put him in a nickel, can't be any worse than what Chris Harris Jr. was doing. I, I don't know. Like Chris Harris Jr., I got a lot of respect for the guy, but Father Time is undefeated. And uh, I just think that it, it just wasn't working. I mean, two weeks in, you ask him to come in and play the nickel and play a little bit of safety in the absence of P.J. Williams. I just think that it's just a tall ask. And then you have a bunch of guys out there that's not used to playing with one another. Uh, you know, the communication can be a little bit off. Um, and also, I just feel like, you know, these guys are just not on the same page right now. Davenport performance so far speaks uh, so far. Speak on it, please. Well, I'm very disappointed at what I'm seeing from Davenport. Look, I, I just think it comes a time when you just have to cut your losses. Like this, this can be, this can be a bad thing or a good thing. But I just think based on what you're actually seeing and what you're looking at, you might have to go in another direction. Like Davenport might end up going on another team and probably be a beast, you know. But based on what I'm seeing right now, the only reason why you would keep him on is because of his potential. But how long are you going to be able to live off your potential? You know, like, how long are you going to be able to do that? I just think that Davenport uh, is a very athletic guy. Um, I think that he has all the tools to be a really good pass rusher, but in a Saints uniform, I ain't seeing it. 
I, I ain't seeing it. Like, I am not seeing him being able to get home, and the Saints have to rely on him to do it. Like, you're getting hurries, yeah. You, you're getting a quarterback off the spot, but you're not getting home. And it's not like you're playing against some of the best left, you know, the best left tackle in the business or something like that over these last couple of weeks to a point where you shouldn't be able to dominate your matchup. So that is very concerning. Um, to me, I feel like the Saints, when it comes to Peyton Turner and when it comes to Davenport, I think maybe you need to be looking in another direction because they have to find ways to get to the quarterback. They have to find ways to get to it. And I know we rely a lot on Cam Jordan, but Cam Jordan is up there in age and Cam Jordan is should be at the point where it's basically just land yap if he gets home. You, you should be relying on your young guys like Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport and getting home more times than that even of a Cam Jordan. But Cam Jordan is a, is a legend. Um, you know, he's, he's making a Hall of Fame resume, but these young guys got to be able to step up. That's just kind of how it works, right? You remember like when, um, when the Indianapolis Colts had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. For a long time, it was the Marvin Harrison show. He was the one that was catching all the receptions. And then, you know, um, Reggie Wayne was just like the compliment guy. And then as uh, Marvin Harrison started to get a little bit older, you start to see Peyton kind of move the ball a little bit over to Reggie Wayne. And then Marvin Harrison left and it became Reggie Wayne's team. That's kind of like what it was it's supposed to be like with the Saints when it comes to the pass rush. But we ain't seeing it. And we're still relying on a 32-year-old man. If he doesn't show up, then you're not getting any type of production. But you're supposed to have two studs that you got in the first round, one that you actually made some moves for that you could have had an opportunity to get Lamar Jackson but you decide to get Davenport and then you get another guy who basically just was about six, 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 seven, who has had a history of being injured, but you just like his wingspan and you thought he was athletic enough to play the position, but he can't even get on the field. So I think that you need to find a way to be able to get somebody that can give you that type of production, or, you know, maybe you need to, you know, try to find ways to try to move these guys out, maybe get some, some trade bait or something like that for them. I, I don't know. Get, get some value, you know, from somebody else. But I'm telling you, I don't know what the Saints can possibly do. I don't know how you can get this done. But to me, if the Denver Broncos and everything that I'm hearing about uh, Bradley Chubb, I I'm calling up the Denver Broncos because I know Bradley Chubb would, would be able to get to the quarterback. <laughs> uh, not a good uh, pass uh, rushing outside linebacker similar to, uh, yeah, Michael Parsons. Yeah. I mean, look, if you look, the only reason I would be in, I would be in favor of a trade for, um, you know, trading away Marco S. Callaway is if you trade Marco S. Callaway to the Chicago Bears and you end up getting Roquan Smith. Like, I wouldn't be mad at that. You know, <laughs> like, like if, if you like trade, you know, you trade Callaway and maybe like a draft pick and you acquire Roquan Smith, who had some issues with the Chicago Bears earlier. Um, he was he wanted a new contract. So if it was something like that, like I'd be in favor of it. But and also, like I said, uh, somebody like Bradley Chubb, the Saints have got to get pressure. They got to find ways to get pressure. And if you don't have the guys in house, you got to find ways to be able to get get those guys in house in order for you to make those, uh, you know, be able to get to the quarterback. Uh, what's the link for that hoodie? Uh, I'm just tuning in from uh, Maryland. Well, um, I'll make sure I put the link down there. Uh, towards the end of the show. Let's see. Peyton first se uh, season, uh, Saints go <laughs> to the NFCCG. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. They just, they, 
it, I, it's hard to explain. Uh, Trey uh, broke foot injury prone. <laughs> uh, I guess you're talking about Michael Thomas. Uh, this wouldn't be a good year to trade Michael Thomas because you'll take a, a tremendous cap hit. Next year, if you decide to trade Michael Thomas, then you'll probably get better. You know, it, it'll be much better if you decide to, like, trade him. But this year, it wouldn't be a good idea. If the Saints make a trade, they are getting uh, messed over again. Loomis has been on the bad end of trades lately. Uh, well, look, it that's just the breaks. Like, sometimes, like, when you go out and you make trades or you negotiate deals, um, it, it might be, a, you know, you might win and you might lose. Like, you might end up making a trade and you might be excited about it. Like, I mean, hindsight is 2020 right now. Like, at the beginning of the, of the offseason, we were all excited about how aggressive the New Orleans Saints were because we felt this team had what it takes to be there in the end, right? And now we're looking at this team being two and four, and we're looking at it like it was a bad idea. But at the time, nobody really looked at it that way. Nobody nobody cared, right? Because look what it produced. It, it gave us Chris Olave, and it gave us Trevor Penning like two positions that the Saints really needed to make an impact with. And we thought, once again, that the Saints were going to be one of the top teams in the NFC, possibly even being in contention for a Super Bowl. So nobody cared. But now it's like they're losing games and morale is low. Now it's looking like the worst decision in the world. But when you're doing decisions like when it comes to like GM decisions, some of them going to look like the smartest decision in the world, and some of them are going to look pretty bad. And I just think that it shouldn't stop them from being aggressive. Sometimes you're going to hit, and sometimes you're going to miss. And this was one of those cases where it's looking like he missed. Loomis can't make a trade, bro. He lowballing us. <laughs> who is out tomorrow? I mean, who, who's not out tomorrow? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, we got Lattimore. He's going to be out. Thomas. Landry, they're both going to be out. Uh, pretty sure Andrews Pete uh, is going to be out. Um, I don't know about Throckmorton. Um, I know Andy Dalton was on the list for the back injury, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play. Uh, Jameis probably going to be in uniform again. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty much the same guys that were out last week, for the exception of Alave. Like, he cleared concussion protocol, so most likely he's going to be able to play. So that'll be a a huge addition to the Saints this week. Uh, Trey Taysom, are you kidding me? He and Kamara are only spark. Um, who talking about trading uh, Taysom Hill at this particular time? Uh, no, no, not, not right now. I remember like at the beginning when I was talking about uh, the Saints maybe get a tight end. I think when Mike Kosicki, uh was out, I was I was saying if you wanted to get a trade in, you might have to trade Taysom Hill for Gasicki. And I know some people might look at that as crazy, but if you look at what Mike Kosicki is doing, besides a really bad rendition of the gritty, yeah. <laughs> but uh, besides that, like he's extremely productive out there in Miami. But yeah, as of right now, no, nah, you don't want to get rid of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is your biggest weapon right now. I, when you don't have Michael Thomas, you don't have Jarvis Landry, and the way that the Saints are using him, uh, he's the biggest weapon that the Saints have. So you definitely don't want to get rid of him. If George Pickens was the 49th pick, we wouldn't have had uh, to sign Landry. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. Like, to be honest with you, I think they they wanted more production from the wide receiver position. And you look at some of these guys that were just inexperienced and they left a lot to be desired. And I just think that 
that's the reason why the Saints decided to go out here and get Jarvis Landry. But if you want to be honest, they really didn't need him. They, they really didn't need Jarvis Landry to be to be real with you. I mean, Callaway has you can see how Callaway has improved from last year to this year. And I think it has a lot to do with he saw a lot of um number one you know, corners. Like he had to win his matchup against some of the top corners in the National Football League. And even though like more times than not, he wasn't winning those matchups, he was able to learn and be able to develop because he he got so much uh, time on task in that. So I honestly, I just felt like, you know, having Landry was a little bit of extra because Chris Olave ended up being much better than anybody thought because I guess when you looked at Chris Olave, you probably thought to yourself, well, this is a good down the field threat, but he's a really good route runner too. And I think he even exceeded expectations uh, with his skill set. I, I think the Saints knew he was talented, but I, I think he even blew them away with some of the things that he's doing. So I, honestly, I just think that Landry was a little bit extra because, I mean, Callaway could have easily been at number three, uh, you know, with Thomas and Olave, and they still would have been productive. We're two wins away from saving our season. Hopefully they can get it, man. Probably the better question is who isn't out tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you have, I want to say they say you have 27 players total. If you combine the Saints and the Cardinals that are out, that's a lot. That's a lot of guys. Just imagine what we could do for him. Plus how many playoff games uh, with him? I don't know what we're talking about. I'm sorry. I may have missed the. I may have missed the uh, the guy who you're talking about, Prime. Just just let me know. I, I guess I must have missed that uh that comment. Uh, you can't trade Traquan Smith. Nobody wants him. Uh, yeah, nobody nobody's gonna gonna give you anything for Traquan Smith. You know, Traquan Smith had an opportunity to go out here and sign with another team, and the only visit he got was with the Falcons, and uh, he walked away without a contract. So that you know, the Saints end up bringing him back, and I'm not gonna like completely look down on Traquan Smith because Traquan Smith has done a really good job this season. He's, he stepped up in moments uh, when, when they needed him, you know, a couple down the field passes, you know, one, that one pass he caught, he ended up getting concussed on. Uh, he had that play a couple plays last week that, you know, he got a touchdown. Uh, he, he moved a change. So, I mean, he's been okay this season. Man. I'm not going to like completely just, go after the guy. I mean, if we're going to like criticize him for not doing things, I think we can at least give him some props when he does do some positive things. So all things considered, Traquan hasn't been that bad this season. Uh, trading Callaway would be idiotic uh, when we got three top receivers that can't stay healthy. Landry, Thomas, and Hardy literally out every week. No one going to trade for Thomas, though, uh, with that contract. No, um, you, you're basically going to be – if you do trade for him, you're just trading for him because of what you've seen him do in years past. But – as of right now, I mean, he's looking like a guy that's, that's injury prone. And I say he reminds me a lot of Hakeem Nicks. You know, like if you remember the wide receiver for the Giants, guy came out of North Carolina, big, crazy hand, with like two XL gloves. Like he was a possession guy. He, he was a good route runner. He can win, get those 50-50 balls. And then all of a sudden he started having ankle injury and, and knee injuries. And all of a sudden the injuries start to pile up. And he ended up like being a, a shell of himself. And that caused him to kind of move around the league. As a matter of fact, you know, the Saints even signed with him. You know, he was the guy that that uh, Tech Sean Payton asked him, you know, about coming into practice or coming into camp. And he couldn't make the team. You know, this that's what this is looking like. You know, 
Michael Thomas is a talented guy, but I don't care how much talent you have. People want to see you being available. It doesn't matter how talented you are when you are on the field if you're never on it. So you're going to have to figure it out, man, because right now it's not looking good. It's, it's, it's rather two things. It's rather he's looking like he's extremely injury prone or he just doesn't have an interest of playing with the team anymore. And this will be game number 30 since he signed his contract that he hasn't played in. So since he signed that new contract, he he has not played. He has missed 30 games. He has missed 30 games since he signed that contract. That is that's not what you want to hear, you know, and, and also that's what what teams, you know, they 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 become skeptical about, you know, when guys start to get contracts and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, they get hurt here, you know, little Nick there and then they all of a sudden they don't want to play or they don't give you that much production anymore. So, I mean. It's not looking. It's not looking good. I want Trey Callaway, especially with our wide receiver room being banged up. I think we need defensive line help. Yes, today, yeah, we we need defensive line help. That that's the that's the biggest issue to me, more than anything else. Jordan, thank you very much for the four ninety nine. Says, would you start Taylor at the slot this game versus Arizona? And what are your thoughts on Ayamada? Uh, yeah, I was I was start Alante Taylor in the slot this game. And as far as Davion Yamada. Yeah, he, he hasn't been David David Ayamada that we're used to. Now I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I mean he's made he's made some plays, but not on the level in which we're used to Ayamada being uh you know being at. So I, I do think that you know he needs to play a little bit better. Um I'm seeing like him getting pushed around. That's that's not the David Ayamada that we're used to seeing. Um he's a guy that has really developed. Um, he was a raw talent when he got to the Saints and the coaches got with him and he developed as a player and he has been uh, arguably like one of the best interior linemen in the game. So we need him to go back to being that if the Saints going to be able to get out this o- over this hump that they're they're trying to get over. Taysom isn't really a tight end. They need a Mark Andrews. Well, look, as long as Taysom Hill is being productive in all the things that he's doing, I have no problem with that. But I can understand that you want a guy like a Mark Andrews, like a Zach Ertz, uh, like a Dallas Goddard, a guy that can go out there that can, you know, catch those passes. But Taysom Hill is such a weapon and, and you know, because you can do so many different things with him, I, I just think that he's a great asset. And the, the best thing about all of this is the fact that they haven't even really used him at the tight end position. So the, the goal is to make sure that they get him some reps as a tight end. So, It'll be interesting to see what he can actually do if the Saints did line him up as a tight end. So we don't even know what he can do yet for us to even, but you know, know that he has that capability of actually being that tight end that they need him to be. But other than that, I mean, you still got Jawan Johnson out there making plays, and you know, and you also have uh, Adam Troutman who has done a really good job. Which I don't think he probably going to play. I don't think he playing Thursday either because. You know, he has that ankle injury. You remember he was uh, he was going in motion and he went down. But Adam Troutman has been a great asset. I don't think it's a coincidence. Like, I think that a lot of people aren't paying attention uh, to Adam Troutman getting injured was the way the reason why I feel like the Saints had to get away from some of those other things with Taysom Hill. And even, uh, even with Rasheed Shaheed, you know, Adam Troutman was – Adam Troutman was really out there – you know, opening up these lanes for these boys to be able to run in and blocking downfield. And, you know, I, I I put that as an equivalent to, if you remember that NFC championship game, 
And early in the game, you start seeing like Josh Hill uh, being able to like make play after play and him being out there, the Saints were able to do some things offensively. But then he ended up getting injured. He He went out with a concussion. And the Saints had to change a lot of the things that they had to do. I want to say Sean Payton said he had to remove like 40 some odd plays out of the offensive package because Josh Hill wasn't there. Well, I feel like it's the same thing with Adam Troutman because Adam Troutman is probably so involved in so many of these other plays when you don't have him out there. Well, you know, that that eliminates so many different plays. So um, I would like to see what he can do at the tight end position because, you know, I, I think that he can be able to make some noise, you know, by lining up as a tight end, being able to catch. Because, I mean, he's caught touchdowns at the tight end position in years past. So I wouldn't say – I couldn't say that he couldn't do that again. Uh, the landlord, thank you very much for $2, says, my God, honest prediction, Saints three, cards two. <laughs> Based on what we've been seeing on Thursday night, I, I would I would say uh, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Yeah, because these Thursday night games have been have been terrible, man. They've been absolutely positively terrible. So hopefully the Saints and the, the Cardinals can kind of change that. Uh, y'all acting like we need everything else besides a quarterback. Y'all going to be real sad uh, when we do get a new receiver, a new defensive back, new running back, and James still playing like trash. Well, look, I, I think it's way beyond just the quarterback position. You know, I don't – the quarterback position is not the reason why the Saints lost on Sunday. It just wasn't, you know, like even though Andy Dalton was about as pedestrian as a, a, a person walking across the street, still they were able to do enough in order for them to win that game offensively. Like, I don't feel like of a guy, you need a guy that's got to throw for 300 yards a game. Like, I just think that we look at what Josh Allen and what Patrick Mahomes are doing uh, you know, out there in the AFC and we were watching those type of games and we we're watching these guys, you know, light it up and throw balls down the field. And we like, man, that's what we need. I don't think that teams just got to win like that. I don't think that you have to just put the ball in the air so many times. And I just think that when we start thinking like that, I, I just think that we, we want to put our own mind at ease. Like we want to, we want to be able to brag about the quarterback that we have. I don't care. I, I honestly don't care if a quarterback can throw the ball 60 yards. I'm more concerned about a quarterback being efficient and being able to move the chains and having a high percentage in the red zone and being able to do some of the things to help the team succeed. I feel like the New Orleans Saints, if they're going to be able to be a contender, they're going to have to change up the offense, like regardless to who the quarterback is. I don't I don't care if it's Jameis. I don't care if it's Andy. The way that the Saints are structured, they are a better running team than they are a passing team this year. It, it's just what it is. Like, even with the guys that they have out, you, you have Landry, who is more of a guy like, you know, short intermediate, you know, uh, catches. Michael Thomas with the shallow cross. You got Chris Olave, even with him. Like, he can take the top off the defense, but now we see he can do way more than just that, right? So he can do what Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry can do, plus – he gives you a different dynamic down the field. So I, I don't feel like you just need a quarterback that's just going to go out there and just throw for a, a whole bunch of yards. I, I just don't see that. Like we've seen teams in year past make the Super Bowl and they, they don't have a quarterback that just lighten it up. They, they're just rip, ripping it up, wrecking shop. We, we've seen teams be able to make the postseason and we've seen teams make their way to the Super Bowl 
with a quarterback that's just not out there just, just lighting it up with for five touchdowns and 350 yards. So to me, I just think that it comes down to the coaching. I think it comes down to the execution. And it's just the fact that they haven't been balanced. It's one week the defense plays outstanding. The offense forgets that they're actually supposed to be playing offense and vice versa. So I just think that's the biggest issue. It's the inconsistency of the team. It is, 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 is the inconsistency, you know, that that's what's been holding the team back. But they got the talent. They got the talent already to be able to be a legit contender. In my opinion, it's just the fact that the, the execution has been bad and the situational, you know, the situational football has been awful. If you can actually kind of work on those things, I think the Saints can be a contender, rather Jameis is the quarterback or even Andy. Now, I just think that it's about execution. It is about playing complimentary football. And uh, you get that under control, then I think that you should be okay. But as long as you continue to have these issues, you're not going to win nothing. TJ's glasses, thank you very much for $2. Said TJ may be talking, but we the one shining. <laughs> oh, man, thank you very much. Uh, TJ, I need to get that hoodie uh, out you. Well, you know, I mean, look, I don't I don't know. Well, no, nah, these, these uh, camouflage hoodies aren't on the website, but if, you know, if, if y'all interested in getting, you know, uh, purchasing one, you know, so I can, I can make sure that happen. You know, I can get some, uh, some hoodies made and maybe we can sell them. You know, if I get enough people, you know, to be able to like want to purchase one, I, I love to, uh, I love to be able to, you know, sell these, but you know, if I get enough people that want to get it, uh, I feel like some of these players just don't want to play for us. It seems that way. It's rather that or, a lot of these guys are resting on their laurels or they, they're, they're resting on the fact that they already got paid. You know, I, I look, I, I look at some of these players out here sometimes like when you are established, sometimes when you make all pro, make the pro bowl, get that check, get that big payday. I just think that sometimes unless you're like built differently, I think it kind of affects you the way that you're playing because you feel like, man, I didn't already didn't made it. It takes a special player to go out there to get paid and still go out there still wanting to be great. That's why you got to have a lot of respect for a lot of these guys that get the big payday and they still go out there and they they play and they exceed even the money that they got for their big payday. But I just think that you have a lot of guys out here that's already established. They already got money. Uh, and, you know, maybe they're not as interested in wanting to play and proving themselves as they were when they was running with empty pockets. So, that could be something, you know, I'm, I don't want to go that deep into it, but I ain't going to lie as time go by. And as I see that injury list, and as I see like some of the decisions that are being made, you can't help but to wonder, are these guys like, you know, I won't say if they really hurt, cause I'm pretty sure they are, but are they hurt to a point where they just can't perform and um, just makes you wonder. Uh, just like Jennings and Nelson with Adams for Green Bay. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like you had Jordan Nelson, you had Greg Jennings, right? And then Devontae Adams comes along and, you know, they kind of passed the torch to him. And that that made Greg Jennings end up like leaving, going to Minnesota and Jordan Nelson going to the Raiders, right? But, you know, he, they were replaced by a guy that gives you solid production in Adams. But that's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. You know, the young guy is supposed to emerge and while he's developing, you're still getting production from that seasoned veteran. And then once that young guy starts to get up to that level or close to the level, it, it gives the, the organization's decisions that need to be made. And uh, 
I, I, I'm not saying that when it comes to the pass rush. Uh, Davenport and Turner set us back three years, bro. Crazy, man. Uh, both of those picks are on Peyton. Well, it, it does seem like Peyton has a like a certain uh, you know, he, he has a, a certain standard when it comes to like the defensive ends. It seems like he likes tall guys with good wingspan and the guys like super athletic, but they can have all that. But if they're not getting home, like what do you have? Uh, why we never uh, try uh, Zach Bowen on the edge? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you why they couldn't didn't try him on the edge. I mean, when he was at Wisconsin, that was kind of his thing. He was the guy that rushed the, rushed the passer. But now, you know, it's to a point you forget Zach Moore even on the team. I mean, he recovered the fumble uh, this past Sunday, but I forgot he was actually on the team, you know. So that's 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 where we're at, you know. That's that's where we're at. And, um, you know, I don't know why they don't do that. They need to try something, though. Bradley Chubb, uh, what? Uh yeah, I was saying Bradley Chubb, you know, would be like, you know, a good addition to the team. I, I think I heard something about him uh, po quite possibly uh, not. Uh, excuse me one second. Uh, uh, yeah, seeing, um, you know, something about him possibly being on the, on the trade block. And you have to believe that that could be a possibility, be that as it may, that maybe the Denver Broncos are probably going to realize they made a mistake. You know, with the whole Russell Wilson giving up all those draft picks, so maybe they might want to be able to shop somebody around and see if they can actually get something back for him. So we'll see. Uh, we could trade Davenport and Turner uh, to Ice Cube's big three league. I don't even think he'll want them, not, not with the production that they've been putting up uh, or lack thereof. I'm strolling down a little bit, folks. Let's see. I'm going to... Stop right here. Boy, the whole coaching staff is shot. <laughs> uh, it's about time to see what you can get for Mike Thomas. Dude has checked out as a saint. Well, like I said, uh, this wouldn't be a good year to do that because he still carries a lot of money. But next year, there may be a time where you're probably looking at it. It, it won't be as bad if you decide to move on from him. I got uh, mine ready. Uh, let's see, the Saints. It's straight up trash, and they should have tra drafted a quarterback. Uh, Chris will find a, a way uh, to the end zone. Uh, let's see, Doug. The Saints have uh, no idea who they want to be. I agree with that. Uh, we lost the game because we went one for five in the red zone against the Bengals with Lattimore out. We need to score touchdowns. Yeah, there's some validity behind that. I can agree with that. And you also combine the fact that the defense couldn't get Cincinnati off the field. Definitely. I mentioned this earlier on your modern production may uh, have been a result of PEDs or guess uh, who's balling now, uh, Sheldon Rankings. <laughs> I don't know if it was about PEDs because um, I, I don't know if it was about PEDs, man, because I mean, he, he got popped for that, but I don't, like, I, I don't think it was about that. What? I don't think that was the, the reason was that the reason he got suspended or was, was the, I'm looking at two different situations. Like, didn't he get like uh, something mailed to his home or something like that? And he ended up getting in trouble for it. I, I can't remember. It was like some of that magnitude, but maybe it was like two different situations. Marcus uh, Davenport and Turner are looking like bust. I don't believe we should give them an extension. It's time to move on. 
I think we need an edge rusher. Uh, the middle is fine to me. Yeah, you just got to find ways to get to the quarterback. You know, everybody's not going to have Aaron Donald. Everybody's not going to have a guy that can that can give you that type of production, in, you know, uh, in, in the middle like that, you know, like in the interior. So I just think that they need they need a pass rush. Uh, we need to call the Bears and check on the availability of Justin Fields. Uh, that's not going to happen, man. That, that ain't happening. Look, Justin Fields is not going anywhere, at least not anytime soon. They they would get rid of that coach before they get rid of Justin Fields, because you know that's that's the future of the franchise right there. So they're gonna try to do everything in their power to make it work. And not to mention, you know, well organizations they they don't like to admit they made mistakes, right? They're gonna try to milk that thing to the very end. They're gonna try to they're gonna try to do everything that they can and and, and fight that decision. And, and they're gonna try to make that thing work. And that's where a lot of that's what a lot of teams go wrong because they don't want to admit that they made a mistake. And the further, you know, that they try to double down on these mistakes, um, the further they try to double down on these mistakes, I just think the further, the deeper in the hole that you get. So hopefully the Saints don't get to that particular level trying to be too arrogant to a point where they just realize that maybe we made some mistakes with some of the decisions that we made. Game management has been off for sure. That will spark a fire in the players. Dennis Allen is just not the answer. If uh, our coaching is trash, how do you uh, guide the players? That's a good question. That's a good question. I um, I have no idea. Agree, TJ. Uh, team is lopsided. Situational awareness. That starts with the players, not the coaches. Mm, I think it is a combination of both. Like, if you... Look, if you got the right players on the team, and a lot of us feel like the Saints do, you know, it's, it's up to the coaching staff to be able to come up with a game plan and also in real time be able to put these guys in a position to succeed because these players are only doing and what the what the coaching staff is asking them to do. They're the ones calling the plays. They're the ones that's putting them out there in, in, in certain coverages defensively. And although, you know, some of these tackles aren't being made, some of these things aren't, uh, you know, being executed correctly, there's still times where the Saints are losing when it comes to complementary football, situational football, like they're being our coach. And there's a lot of there's a lot of times where the Saints look like they're coaching scared. And once again, coaching not to lose instead of coaching to win. Our training staff is who trash. The injuries are killing us a toe, a doggone toe, really. Uh, that hoodie is fire. That thank you, man. Y'all make me feel good about the hoodie, man. <laughs> that funny. He was a wreck ex uh, except one year. Uh, no lie, that hoodie fire. Man. I said, shouts out to the hoodie, man. I, I just, I just put it on this morning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I can try to see what I can do, man. I try to come up with some um, different uh, hoodie designs, and if you know, if, if people are interested in purchasing them, man, I, I'll make enough. Because sometimes, you know, I would. I'll like make shirts or, you know what I'm saying? I'll make merchandise and I really don't get as much feedback. So I'm like, well, maybe, you know, like maybe I just need to kind of, you know, chill out with that. But if, if you, I have enough for like responses and people be interested in purchasing them, then I'll make sure that I make it happen. Uh, I know my, my sister, you know, my sister has her own shop, man. So shouts out to designs by Casey Lauren. Uh, my sister uh, shop that's out there in Vicksburg. 
Like she does a really good job at doing embroidery work, and you know I know I can hit her up, man. She 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 uh she'll hook your boy up. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Jordan. Thank you very much for the four ninety nine. Says when the Saints let go of Marcus Williams, they lost that physical safety. Uh, they brought in Honey Badger to make plays, and he keeps getting ran over. Yeah, like like not being not paying Marcus Williams was a mistake. Uh, I understand that you don't pay safeties. You have a history of not paying safeties, but when you have a guy that can give you turnovers, like this guy was a ball hawk. Like he, you know, and for people that question this dude tackling, you can never question the fact that this dude, <laughs> his range out there as a safety. We've seen this dude like cover like 20 yards of field to come across the field to catch a pick, right? So just that alone, you know, like it's helping you in the turnover battle. I mean, you you got a bunch of guys that's out here that's probably fundamentally sound, but they can't get any turnovers. So what do you do? So hopefully the Saints try to, you know, they can be able to get some more turnovers uh, as, as the weeks go by. But that that Marcus Williams uh, thing is looking really, really bad right now, especially uh, since what he has been doing in Baltimore. Like I said, I know he's hurt right now, but he has done a really good job out there in Baltimore, and he's made a, a whole bunch of plays. Uh, TJ, do you think we'll see Mike T this season? Keyshawn knows something but can't speak on it. Uh, Barbara, thank you very much for the $5. Yeah, I think you'll see him. I think you'll see him by the uh, end of the season. I, I think he should be – I think he'll be back for the Raiders game, uh, to be honest with you. But what, what concerns me is the fact that he misses four games and the Saints don't put him on IR. So I'm wondering to myself, like, did the Saints believe or he told him or his representation told him that he would be back in less than four weeks and the Saints believed him and they didn't put him on IR. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I don't know, man. It's just not looking good. Like my, my thing about it is if you just not happy with being on a team, just, just tell them like, you know, like just say that you don't want to be here and then, you know, let, let them, you know, Find your home or, or trade you somewhere, you know, instead of you like just sitting up there milking a, 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 a injury for all this work. But I don't know, man. I'm not there. I'm pretty sure the dude wants to play. He's a competitor. We know how good he is. And I guess it really doesn't make sense because, I mean, he was he was on a war path uh, since he got back in the games that he was playing. He was extremely productive. So I don't think that makes much sense for you to be coming out there like your hair on fire for like two or three weeks strong. And then all of a sudden, like just shut it down. Like, I, I don't think that makes much sense. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, the saints need you, you know, the saints need Michael Thomas and his production, but him not being in the lineup, that's, that's extremely concerning. You're exactly right. They can't throw the ball down the field because uh, they are garbage. They had opportunities to get a quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. They did have opportunity to get a quarterback. You had opportunity to get Malik Willis. You had opportunity to get C.J. Stroud. You even had opportunity to get Kenny Pickett, and you didn't. Um, they felt like, you know, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, they can do some things with them. And, you know, uh, look, I, I can't get upset with that because based on, like, what you've seen with Jameis last season, you have to believe that the Saints felt like they can build on that, right? 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. So, you know, he was showing, like, signs of turning a corner. And, you know, the fact that you can get him for the price that you did, 
I'm not mad at the Saints for making that decision. Once again, hindsight is 2020. The verbiage and the language in which we're speaking right now uh, is completely different, right? Because you have people out here that at the beginning of the season was like, well, you know what I'm saying? We can build on what Jameis, uh, you know, was, was doing last year before he got hurt. And now it's like, I don't know about him now. So it, it, all of these thoughts and these views that we have are based on like now that we see what's going on. So there's, there's a lot of skepticism that's here now that wasn't here in the off season. But I don't know, man. I mean, but at the same time, if it don't pan out, there's still opportunities for you to be able to get a quarterback. Like I mentioned, I mentioned like Tyler Huntley, and I'm going to still continue to mention this guy. If it doesn't work out with Andy Dalton, if it doesn't work out with Jameis Winston, then I say try to look at a guy like Tyler Huntley. Or, you know, what what are the uh, New England Patriots going to do with Zappy? You know, like what are they going to do with him? Like he playing pretty doggone good, right? I mean, Mac Jones, that's, that's their quarterback, right? Or, you know, they might end up going with Zappy. What they gonna do with Mac Jones, right? So there, there's there's some guys that are out there right now, you know, that that could be available in the all season that the Saints can kind of look at if you don't have a first round pick. So n- not all is lost. Now I do agree with you, right? If you go out there and you draft yourself a young quarterback and he's sitting behind these guys and you know eventually he'll be ready to play, I, I get all that. But who's to say the guy that you end up getting might not end up being a quarterback of the future still? So We'll see, man. That's not all is lost just because not all is lost just because, you know, maybe the quarterback position is leaving a lot to be desired, regardless to who you're cheering for or who you feel like should be the quarterback of uh, the United States Army. Thank you very much for the two dollars says we want our hoodie bag. <laughs> thank you for the two dollars, United States Army. Uh, let's see. Alfred, thank you very much for the four ninety nine says I'm pretty sure Mike T played. For the Chiefs of the Bills, he would be playing because, mind you, they said the toe wasn't serious but been out for three weeks. Yeah, they did say that. They, they did made, made it seem like it was just a light drama. And now, you know, it's it's like, you know, almost a month. Uh, what up, TJ? Mr. Nice Guy, thank you for being here. Jerry said, I did uh, remember my father saying these Saints players will not be returning to the team next year. And that was earlier this year. Yeah, it's it's looking yeah it's, it's looking like a lot of people are disinterested. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I get two hoodies, uh, put them out. Uh, look where we are now. Safeties are almost like the quarterbacks of the defense. They're not playing like it. Uh, let's see. I hear you, but he uh, no good for us. I don't know what we're talking about here. Uh, well, Mike told media he was playing against the Bengals. Mike a liar, bro, and he didn't want to be here. Y'all have to watch these interviews. Look, I don't watch the interviews. I don't watch the interviews because, I mean, it's a lot of politically correct verbiage. Like, ain't nobody about to just come out here and just tell you what they think and tell you what they feel. I mean, they're going to tell you a bunch of stuff because, I mean, they don't want to get fined. They don't want to lose no money. You know, why you think, you know, in, in the cases of the referees with these bad calls, you don't hear these guys coming in talking about it, right? Because they, they worried about their bottom line. So I don't buy I don't buy into like a lot of this stuff that I'll be seeing in the interviews and I don't even try to decipher it because, you know, it, it really just doesn't make any any sense to me. I, I go by what I see on the field at that particular time and what this team is actually showing me. Like how many times are we going to see an interview when Dennis Allen is telling us he's going to clean something up or 
you know, we round in the corner, we almost dead. I seen some promise, or we gonna fight. Like it, all that stuff becomes white noise, and you're like, man, whatever, just win a game. So I, I don't, I don't buy too much into that, man. And you know, if like I said, if he did, if he doesn't want to be with the Saints, I mean, him just sitting on the sidelines is not helping his cause anyway, right? Being out there, being out there on the field is helping your cause because if you don't want to play for the team, well. You haven't played any, you know, that much in almost two years. So no team is going to go out here and be like, man, I'm going to trade this for Michael Thomas. You know, nobody going to do that because it's like, okay, you 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 missing games for them. What you think going to happen to us? You're you going to miss games with us too. So he is not helping his cause by being out. Uh, yeah, there's stuff that can be done behind closed doors, like getting out, getting out of there. I'm not happy. Barbara says, no matter how uh, well Winston does, there are many in Saints Nation that will still drag him uh, just like they did before he got hurt last season. All I'm saying is, based on what I see, there, there's not there's not much, you know, like out there, you know, that's going to, you know, going to give you that same type of production. Like, I don't feel I, – I don't think any quarterback on the Saints roster is just going to leave any doubt that – Maybe there's somebody better than them. I mean, it's just what it is. Like, there, there's going to be something that that quarterback does not do that's going to make you think about the other quarterback. When Jameis was out there, oh, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't taking what the defense gave him, right? Okay, they put Andy out there. Andy take what the defense gave him, but he's not aggressive, right? Um, you know, like, it, it's always something that's going to be out there that just makes people feel like, oh, you know, this quarterback leaves a lot to be desired. If if based on what I'm seeing right now, based on what I've saw, based on like where they're going, I don't see any one of these quarterbacks being a future of the franchise. I mean, it, it's just, like it, it, as unfair as that may seem, I, I can't I can't see that. Like based on what I'm what I'm seeing right now, like I'll, I'll put it like this: If Dennis Allen comes back, there's a chance that one of these guys will return, Dalton or Winston. But if it's like a, a new head coach, I don't see either one of these guys, like, coming back. I mean, I, I just feel like they both leave a lot to be desired. They do, you know, like, so – and I don't think anybody is ever just going to be completely satisfied with either one of these guys it, it, because <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like, it, it's, it's so crazy because if you put – if you give Jameis Winston's Andy Dalton's like conservative approach. You basically got to have a good quarterback, right? <laughs> you know, like you know, Andy Dalton makes good decisions more times than not. If you have an issue with Jameis, the biggest issue you have is probably his decision making. So if you combine these two quarterbacks together, you basically got yourself a, a really formidable quarterback because Jameis Winston has all the the, the arm talent and abilities to be the quarterback. And the only thing people talk about it really is his decision making. So everybody applauds Andy Dalton for his decision making, and I just, I just think that that's funny. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like based on what I'm seeing right now, like none of these guys have left out. Like this is their team to lead. Uh, Brain uh, Josh Bullock's back. He saved our backfield. <laughs> Josh Bullock, uh, yeah, he, he, uh. Yeah, he's pretty long in the tooth now, so I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but both quarterbacks have their drawbacks. Uh, but we're not going to sit here and just act like 
uh, one doesn't have any at all. Um, well, like I said, they both they both to me leave a lot to be desired. Depends on like how when you're critiquing quarterbacks, like they both do. Like they both have like limitations, and if you can make an argument for either one of these guys starting and not starting, so. I just think that we just spoiled as as fans. Like <laughs> it, it's just what it is. Like we've seen such great quarterback play for 15 years. Now it's like if a guy lacks anything, we like, man, we don't want him. But we're not realizing like we're we're a prisoner to Drew Brees' greatness. We're a prisoner today. Like if if Drew Brees never existed, right? And we just were dealing with the same thing the Miami Dolphins have been dealing with for years or the Denver Broncos were dealing with for years. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. All of the things that we feel about the quarterback position is based on how great Drew Brees was. So every quarterback that comes in is going to be compared to Drew Brees. It's just that simple. It, it, regardless of how you feel about it, you can sit up here and say it's not, but it's the truth. We would not be having this conversation if Drew Brees wasn't so great. So everybody is looking for the next Drew Brees. Everybody, everybody is looking for the next uh, top guy. You know that that's just what it is. Everybody's looking for that. Everybody looking for uh, the Drew Brees clone. But none of these guys. And to be, I don't care who comes into the organization, they they, they will never be able to. I don't think they'll be able to top what Drew Brees has done. Like we, like I said, we are prisoners to Drew Brees' greatness. So every time we evaluate quarterback play, we're evaluating it based on what Drew did. I never seen Mike T on the sidelines rooting for the team like Jarvis or the other injured players. He don't want to be here, bro. It's obviously not. Yeah, that's my biggest issue with uh, with uh, Mike. Like you never really see him on the sidelines. Like you never see him like really like out there just supporting the young guys. Like when he's hurt, he's never around. It's, like in the all season, like you see all the other wide receivers like getting together. You never see him. Like I, I don't know, man. I, I understand like you have your own little regimen and stuff like that. You're doing your own little thing, but I just think that camaraderie and, and kinship and stuff like that, like I think that that means a lot. And I it just seemed like, you know, that whole lone wolf approach that he has. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm too much of a fan of that. I mean, he, he balls out and he's talented and he's good and all, but I mean, I, I think you have to be a good teammate, you know, and, and a good leader because a lot of those young guys look to him because he is so good. But if he's not on the sidelines, man, I mean, I don't know. Landlord, if you're going to do that, uh, call up Fred Thomas. Uh, Fred Thomas for what? What are we going to call him up for? Hell no. Now what are we gonna call him? <laughs> we ain't calling them up. What are we gonna tell them? Uh Saints need trade. Uh Mr. Dennis hurt your toe out for the season. <laughs> oh snap, let me rephrase that we don't want. Mike jumping up and down on the sidelines, he might get hurt again. <laughs> I ain't saying he gotta be jumping up and down on the sidelines, but I mean He's such he's so good at getting in and out of his routes and being able to look at the soft spots. I mean, it's little things that he probably can see in the course of a game. He can be able to tell like some of these receivers to be able to look out for. But if you're not on the sidelines, I, I just don't know, man. I, I just don't know. Media hypes the quarterback so much they don't put up and uh, put it into context the offensive line play. 
top quarterbacks across the NFL are struggling because of the bad pass blocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's a combination of things. Nor why uh, you didn't bishop uh, landlord TJ? What do you mean he didn't? What what, what did he say? Oh, wait a minute. What what do you say? What 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 does he deserve to get bishop with? <laughs> Let's throw it back up a little bit. When he said Josh Bullocks, when you talking about Josh Bullocks, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I think that was Bishop Bullwinkle worthy because I mean Josh Bullock was wasn't terrible. You know, like if you would have said you know put Fred Weary back there or something like that, then I would have hit the bishop. Um, <laughs> what else did he say? That three to two, okay. That three to two uh, game, that that ain't far fetched. How bad Thursday night football been? So, let's see. I spoke to TJ. That's why I said maybe we should trade him. Yeah, but if we're talking about trading him, unspoken, it wouldn't be a good idea, man. Because the Saints would take a tremendous cap hit by trying to get him off the book. They they would take a cap hit if they were to trade him this year. A huge one. Teams are struggling due to lack of real training camp reps. He was the one talking about Josh Bullock. Josh Bullock wasn't that bad. Josh, I, look, if he would have said Fred Weary, I would have hit it. Okay. If he would have said uh, Jason David, I would have hit it. All right. Um, Bullock wasn't that bad. Like, he, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't like the worst in that secondary. You know, he wasn't the worst in that secondary, you know, <laughs> to Bucky Jones or something. <laughs> then I had to hit the bishop. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think I didn't think uh, Josh Bullock was worth the was worth that. Okay, but if we 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 talking about Josh Bullock, okay, we gonna hit him with this. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> he was getting cooked. If we talking about uh, Fred Weary, I ain't gonna um, lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gonna we gonna put it. They getting cooked on that one, okay? But yeah, you know, I, I, Josh Bullock wasn't that bad. I, I've seen like. Yeah, Brandon Brown. I see that. Yeah. Said that we need him back. Yeah, so let's see. Larry, I don't uh cry. I cuss, but I can't do that here. Yeah, please, please don't. Please don't. We 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 try to be a family show over here. We family friendly. Jerry is bird. Absolutely. Jerry is bird. Hit it. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Why do some Saints fans think the Saints will get a lot of picks for Sean? Probably because he's such a high touted, uh, you know, uh, high touted coach out there. Like he, he's the hot coach that everybody wants. So, and based on like everybody talking about him and some of these teams' needs, it looks like the Saints might be able to get some good draft capital because of him. He, he's the, he's the the highly touted coach out there right now. Uh, I feel with bottom two in the lead, the worst team uh, beat us. And could have easily lost uh, the two we won. Yeah, but some, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could have easily lost, you know, we could have easily uh, lost the two we won, and we could have easily won the one we lost, you know. Like, we, we could have easily won that game in Minnesota. We could have easily, uh, you know, won a game this past week. You know, there's a fine line between two and four and four and two, if to be honest with you. So, I mean, you can have it both ways, though. If we want to look at the glass half empty, we can. We can look at it half full, we can, too. Uh, my boy Manny, uh, Pac-Man, uh, sent uh, <laughs> Browner to the stars. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, he lied, Snapple, laughing, because Gruden went for many. Yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, and 
You know, he's a great offensive mind, just like John Gruden. Some people would argue and say he's even a better offensive mind. Tulane and Broad was a better corner. <laughs> oh, that's a good one right there. Tulane and Broad was a better corner than Browner. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon Browner was an automatic PI called every time. Let's see. Sean Payton couldn't make the Chargers a solid team. He's an offensive genius. Stanley is one on a high seat of the Chargers don't, don't make the playoffs. I think even if they do make the playoff, they might. They might get rid of them. <laughs> uh, I honestly don't see Sean Payton coming out of retirement. I do. I do. If 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 the Chargers move on from, from Staley, uh, <laughs> I can't see. Why wouldn't you? Okay, Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback. Like, he not playing like it, but I think it has a lot to do with the with the uh, scheme, uh, but he's a really good quarterback. He's a he's a guy that can win the Super Bowl. You can win a Super Bowl with Justin Hurt. Okay, so you look at it. Okay, it's in Los Angeles, right? Sean just got a house. Him and his wife just bought a house in Los Angeles, right? So you wouldn't have to go far. Like even though you got the house because you're working with NFL on Fox and they're based out of Los Angeles, still don't have that far to go. Um, I think that that would be a good spot. That probably would be the best spot for him, you know, being in Los Angeles. I, I that's, that's just the way I feel about it. All these people that's talking about Sean can come back to the Saints. Look, Sean Payton does not want to come back to the Saints. He don't. Like, it just, it's just that simple. Like, he wants to take on a new challenge. He wants to take on a new challenge, and it's well within his rights to do so. He's been in the same spot for 16 years, and he wants to try his luck with another team. And there's, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like he look, it'll be one thing if he left the if he left the organization not in a better situation than it was found, which, you know, what I'm saying he, he left it in a much better situation than he found the Saints. So that's all you can ask for. So if he was to sign with somebody else, even if Dennis Allen didn't pan out, I would be mad at him because he did what he was supposed to do as the head coach of the Saints. And the reason why we're so upset and frustrated about the trajectory and where the Saints are right now is because of the pride that he instilled inside of you as a Saints fan. So how can you get mad at a guy that's made you have these emotions that you have about this team right now? It's kind of hard for me to be upset with that. But I, the only team I can really just see him coaching, well, two, um, is Arizona. And I can see him coaching in Los Angeles. Like, I can see him – coaching the Arizona Cardinals and I can see him coaching the the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Cool sports, thank you very much for the 499 says, do you think Dennis and Mickey underestimated CD Deuce's impact on our locker room and on the energy and fire of our team? Yeah, probably, you know. I, I think they probably did, but I, I think that that was more of a power move more so than anything. Like just kind of put CD Deuce in his place, right? The fact that, you know, they were saying like he was upset, like doing practice and stuff like that, yelling out about, you know, contract negotiations during the time he was practicing. I guess they felt like that would be, you know, a bad look for them not to do anything. So I, I think it was more of a power move. It was more like if you remember, like back when um, Akeem, uh, Akeem Hicks was on the team, right, uh, when he talked in the locker room about some of the issues that they was having on the team. And the next week, you seen him get traded to the Patriots. I feel like it was kind of like a power move. Like, 
They just didn't want him to be keeping that type of energy inside of the locker room. But, you know, that's that's up to like the leadership. That's, that's up to those guys. Those are the guys uh, that you're supposed to be looking at and, and be like, hey, you know, like go go talk to them and let them know, you know, what it needs to be done. You know, I think that was one of those situations where you should have relied on the leadership to talk to them. Hey, I'm going down to transmit. OK. All right. Yeah. So that, that's just the way that I, that's the way that I look at it. So. Um, I'm going to take a few more, man, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, head out. I got something that I need to do. Uh, I saw CD uh, sitting on his helmet during practice. Yeah, because, I mean, he wanted a new contract and, um, you know, they didn't want to give it to him. He took, you know, some plays off. I mean, it was already understood. And um, that's what happened. Uh, get them hoodies ready. <laughs> CJ will never be controlled. Uh, he is arrogant uh, and reacts like a kid from the streets. Well, I don't even want to touch that. Um, I'm not touching that one. But I will say this. Um, his personality is a breath of fresh air. Like, I think that we want players to look like and act like politicians or something. You know, like they want us, they want them to say the correct things, do the correct things all the time. I, I, I thought it was very refreshing that he was such an open book because the same things that we loved about him, you know, is the same thing that people are critical about. Like we was okay him kicking a Falcon sign, right? We was okay with him folding his arm in Tom Brady's face. Uh, we was okay when he and him getting in, into a fight with uh, Denzel Mims, right? Or uh, whoever the guy name was, Javon um, Mims or Wims or whatever. Uh, we was okay with that. But then when the guy started talking about his money and telling everybody about his worth, then all of a sudden we had a problem with that. So we okay as long as the guy can't buck the system, right? We're okay with his actions then because it's making us feel good to be able to talk, you know, about other teams because we got him on the team. But when a guy starts to talk about his money, then all of a sudden it's a problem. I, I don't, I don't really understand it. I, I like, I like CD Dudes. I like his personality. And um, I think that you need guys like CD Dudes on your team because they're going to come a time when, you know, morale probably going to be a, a little bit low and you're going to need somebody to be able to boost people up in the game. You know, uh, there, there was this uh, basketball player. Um, I guess it was at UCLA. I'm pretty sure some of y'all probably seen uh, this video. I think one of the players actually like missed a, a, a shot and he put his head down and his teammate came behind him and picked his chin up. You know, and like, man, pick your chin up. You know, so, you know, that's kind of like what CD dudes used to do. So you need those type of guys on your team. Uh, but thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. Uh, be sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe if you have not already. Also, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And also check out the Facebook page of the State of the Saints podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>